We hear all the time that people want to eat right for themselves, for the planet, but they're not sure how to do it. Hey, it's Mara. Hey, Mike. I'm out here playing my garden right now, and my boyfriend's trying to tell me that growing my own food does nothing for climate change. It doesn't. It does. He's wrong, right? Thanks. Hey, Tamar and Mike. So I just got in like a disagreement with a friend who thinks that like being vegan is the way to go for the climate. But I've been kind of reading up on the topic and doesn't it take a lot of resources just to grow all those vegetables and soy? So wouldn't there be trade-offs there? Thanks. I uh, hope you get this one answered. Oh my God, people are going to think I'm crazy. Mike, Tamar, just thought I'd leave a quick message. I'm in the bee file here. I'm looking at this organic grass-fed beef and then this nondescript factory farm meat. And I know I'm not supposed to be eating meat if I want to do something about climate change, but I've heard that this grass-fed beef is way better for the planet. So I want to know, am I actually doing something if I get the better meat? Let me know. Thanks. Man, people sound super confused, Tamar. And who can blame them? All right. Let's unconfuse them. Every day, we make about a zillion decisions about food. We're bombarded with marketing and media, and nobody seems to agree about what to eat, where to get it, how to prepare it. That's right, and climate change makes it all even harder. We all know food is a big deal for the planet, but it's not always obvious what we should eat if we want to make things better. And it's not intuitive either. Sometimes it's the opposite of what you'd think. Yeah, if you think you're saving the earth by eating organic beef or buying artisanal cheese at the farmer's market, well, you might need to listen to our show. If you think lentils are good, though, we're going to be friends. should warn you all, Tamar has this thing about lentils. I'm Tamar Haspel. And I'm Michael Grunwald. And this is Climavores, a show about eating on a changing planet. I've been covering food longer than I care to remember. I write about the geeky parts, agriculture and nutrition, in my Washington Post column. I also spend an awful lot of time gardening, foraging, and fishing. And I wrote a whole book about the good things that happen when you get dirty in service of dinner. And I get very dirty on my oyster farm. Well, I don't forage, and I definitely don't farm oysters. I'm a reporter. I can barely order takeout. But I'm also a climate dork. I've got solar panels and an electric car. And I'm now working on a new book about how to feed the world without frying the world. Because climate change is the biggest story of our lifetime. And our food is going to be a huge part of it. A new report from the United Nations says climate change is exploiting the world's land at an unprecedented rate. Carbon-absorbing trees are cut down for farmland, and a water crisis deepens. That leaves many concerns about sustainability globally and locally. Just this week, a water supplier to 6 million Southern Californians declared an emergency. The drought impacting parched farmlands and American dinner tables. We're not your nanny, and we're not here to tell you what you should eat. Oh, well, speak for yourself, Tamar. Oh, okay, Mike might, but we're not going to make you feel bad about your lunch. We're here to explore how the food we eat affects the climate we share. And we want your questions about organic food, local food, meat, fake meat, anything you can throw at us. So call us. We're at 508-377-3449 or drop us an email at climavores at postscriptaudio.com. You can also find the email and phone number in the show notes. And ask your hard questions. We love a challenge. Climavores launches June 21st. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And stock up on lentils. (sighs) Always with the lentils. Lentils.